Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real, and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for every man. I thank you for every woman here. I thank you in the name of Jesus that your life is here. Your touch is here. I thank you for the amazing team who went to DR. Would you bless them and strengthen them? Would you bless that community, Father? Lord, that that there might be like this eternal echo, an eternal ripple that goes on there in Jesus' name. And I declare over this service, I declare your name and your wonder and your renown over it. I declare you speaking. I declare you encouraging people. I declare faith lifting. I I believe for insight. I believe for wisdom. I believe for discernment. Lord, over your people that they be clothed with love, clothed with wisdom, clothed with power. Lord, in Jesus' name, let your name and and, and your kingdom be expanded, I pray. In Jesus' name. Come on, pray this simple prayer. Say, Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. I declare today, by your grace, I can become all you desire in Jesus' name. And the church of life said, amen, amen, amen. Turn to the person next to you and ask them what they want for Christmas. And then take a seat. How many of you enjoy Christmas? How many of you like to decorate your house? How many of you like to decorate the outside of your house? You're a lighting person. Lighting person. A number of years ago, one of my kids asked me, Daddy, are we poor? I was like, why, why do you say that? I was like, these houses have all these lights and we don't have any lights. And uh, that was their defini- definition of if you got money, you got a lot of bling on your house. Uh, so last night I literally was putting up some lights so they, they didn't think we lived in the third world. Uh, and then it started raining on me. And um, I did it like a couple of days ago and then it looked bad. And I'm, and I'm just like, why aren't I talented at this? But last, uh, yesterday I think I fixed it. And so I feel pressure to make the lights look perfect. That's not because of me, that's because of my wife. But that's... Uh, uh, I feel pressure on that. How many of you feel a little pressure to make your house look just beautiful? And you're looking at Pinterest boards and social media. Uh, I know Gigi is. I guarantee it. I can already tell there's banter over here with Marco and Gigi. And uh, I know. I already know. We have socks on our ma- What are they called? Stockings on it? Yeah. They're useless, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> I thought they were big socks. Uh, it's just a, now, then you got to go to Marshall's and pick up something useless that no one wants and then put it in there. But anyway, that's just my own Christmas struggle. Someone say divine disruptions. Someone say divine botherings. I want to talk to you today about embracing divine botherings. We're going to go through four different passages of scripture where there was some divine botherings in the time of the birth of Jesus and the life, early life of Jesus. But before I show you some divine botherings, I want to show you 
some motherly botherings. Someone say divine botherings. Let's read some scripture. We're in church. Matthew chapter 1 says this. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law. Someone say faithful to the law. And yet he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Someone say divine assignment. Mary has been given a divine assignment, one of the most unique or the most unique assignments on planet earth in the history of planet earth, literally to carry the God-man Jesus in her womb. And, and Joseph, who is engaged to her at this time, uh, doesn't know anything about it, and he has an encounter with God, and, and God basically gives him a dream, and in the dream, he is assured this is a very very unique experience, and he actually gets divinely bothered. What I find interesting and, and find kind of applicable for us today is he has made a decision to separate from Mary. He is literally like, listen, we're not going to get married. You've been hanging out with that boy that caught your eye. And uh, he's made a decision. Some would say decision. He's made a decision, but when he's made a wrong decision, that's when God gets in the middle. And so I, I want to set you free today, make decisions. Make decisions. Move forward. Make decisions, but understand if you'll seek God, if you'll keep God in the mix, if you'll say, Jesus, I'm making decisions, but I'm also desiring to put you first. How many know God knows you make decisions? God knows where you live, and He can actually get your attention. It is a divine bother. I remember many years ago, we were doing church in Kani, and literally I woke up in the middle of the night, didn't think it, said it out loud, we're in the wrong place. I, it was 2 o'clock in the morning, I looked over, my wife is dead asleep, and I literally looked up, and was like, what do I do now? It was a divine bother that God was getting my attention. And then weeks later, he began to direct us outside of Kearney into Rutherford. I believe the divine bothers of your life are important. Some of you are here today because of a divine bother. I've also recognized this. Your parents are sometimes teenagers, your divine bother. Let me say it again. Your parents are your divine bother. When someone's giving you wisdom... And they won't leave you alone. Take that as a word from the Lord. They are your divine bother. You're like, oh, I need angels to show up. I wouldn't wait that long. I'm I pray a fair bit. I've never seen an angel. If you've seen angels all the time, I worry about you. Are you with me? When... May God divinely bother you when you make a decision and you are wrong. Someone say, bother me. You're about to start a business, about to go in partnership with someone. 
let God divinely bother you. Dating someone and they're dating four other people, but you still think it's a good idea to marry them. I'd, I'd take that as a word from the Lord. That's not for you. Many years ago, many years ago, at the start of our church, I knew a guy who was like, oh yeah, I, I date four women at a time, but I tell them they can only date me. He was a nice guy. Here's what's funny about personality. You can be a nice personality, attractive personality. He was one of those guys, you just liked him right away. We're full of crap. Anyway, it's a good word for some of you. Matthew chapter 2, here's the second dream. This divine bother is happening. The wise men have come and they've, they've been divinely bothered by the star. Historians and theologians tell us that when Daniel, speaking of hundreds of years before Christ, when he was in Babylon, he started really a school of the prophets and that was the thing that these wise men sat under hundreds of years later, and kept hearing that one day there would come this sign and there were these wise men and they began to notice there was this unique star in the sky and it was different than everything else. They began to pray about it, think about it, and there was a divine bother on the inside. And they began to go on this extreme journey. They didn't just attend a service. They said, man, I'm committed to finding out what is this divine bother. And they find Jesus, and verse 11 says this, And they entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and, and they worshipped him. And then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And when it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route. Someone say, by another route. For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. These wise men are bothered to search for Jesus, but then along the journey of finding Jesus, worshiping Jesus, they are bothered again. They're about to go a different route. If you read the scripture and if you know the, the text, Herod has said, when you find the wise man, come find me, tell me. And he says this interesting line, he says, and I will go and I will worship them. He's got pious, he's got religious language. Someone say pious. Someone say religious. Someone say, sounds good. His, his speech is one thing, but his heart motive is completely different. And if it takes the Holy Spirit to give them a dream, to say, this man talks a good game, but his fruit is fake. He's a seeker of Jesus because he's desperate to hang on to his own power. He's a seeker, supposedly, of Jesus, but he's all about his own power. And it's a deceptive spirit. And it often sits in leaders. If people are not surrendered to God and not surrendered to Christ, do not be naive to think that they won't do whatever it takes to hang on to their power. This is the spirit of Herod. Some would say language. How many know lots of things can sound good? Lots of things can sound good. But I have learn over time, and I hope you do too, that lots of people call themselves Catholic and Christian, especially if they're a leader, because they know it might get them votes. But be aware of this. If they hate God's law, they hate God. It's just the fact. If they hate God's gender, male and female, if they hate God's marriage, one man, one woman, if they hate God's law, they hate God. And they can call themselves whatever they want to. 
But understand, it's often a Herod spirit that is all about power. It's good preaching, anyway. Someone say, what are you searching for? Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1 says this. Proverbs 2, verse 1, my child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. He says, tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. He says, cry out for insight. Someone say, cry out and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would a hot stock. You get that? No, you don't. Okay, good. Search for them as you would for silver. Someone gave you a stock tip and they know that you just put in $1,000. You know it's going to be a million dollars. You get excited, wouldn't you? I hope so. But he's like, no, no, no. Don't just search. He's like, search for wisdom like this. And this is what these wise men did. They searched for wisdom and they found wisdom. Let me ask you a question. Do you have purpose? Do you have meaning? Do you have vision about your life? Do you have purpose? Do you want more purpose, more meaning, more more vision about your life? Do what the wise men did. Keep seeking. Keep searching. How long I got to search? Until you find it. Until you find it. Coming to church should inspire you to get alone with God privately. Coming, Coming to church should inspire you. You say, Pastor Andy, I came to church once. God didn't speak to me. I came to church three times. I came three times in a year. And God didn't speak to me. He's not real. No, be a wise man. Keep seeking. Keep searching. Keep looking. He reveals himself. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, 12, 13, it says to those who seek him with all their heart. I remember as a young man, God would call me away from watching movies, call me away sometimes uh, watching TV. It's not that the TV was bad, it just wasn't the best thing. And I look back now and go, man, God really was doing something. I look back now, he was preparing me for my God-given assignment. Start early. Let me say this, let me give you this quote. Wisdom is not an age. Wisdom is a choice to seek what is most valuable. You can be young and wise. You can be old and dumb. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're shouting. (laughs) Amen. Matthew chapter 2, this is the third divine bother. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. The angel said, stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night, Joseph left for Egypt and the child and Mary and his mother, and they stayed until Herod's death. Someone say divine bother. Oh, there's been a divine bother for Mary to have Jesus. There's been a divine bother for Joseph to, uh, to take on Mary as his wife. There's been a divine bother for the wise men to go another route. Now there's another divine bother. He's telling a Jewish man, go to Egypt. Jews don't go to Egypt. Jews escape Egypt. Remember Exodus? Ever see the cartoon? Ever read Exodus, Leviticus? It's it's all about Deuteronomy. It's all about escaping. Why would a Jewish man go to Egypt? It's literally disobedience almost to God. But he divinely bothers him. 
Here's the interesting thing. A king is not looking for a Jew in Egypt. So God knows what he's talking about, doesn't he? Sometimes God will give you instruction that doesn't quite make sense. But what I would say to you, let me try and pass, let me try pastor this moment. He has an angel experience, which means don't just do weird things and blame it on God. Right? I had, I had, I had, you know, I was in worship and I saw someone and they walked by and I was like, that's my wife. (laughs) Test it. (laughs) Ask her out. She says, no, probably not. Um, sometimes Christians, we, we can get weird on this. So I'm, here's what I'm trying to encourage. I'm trying to encourage you to open the door for God's divine bother in your life. But I am also trying to say this, use wisdom and restraint in this. Does that make sense? He has to send the Messiah, the baby Messiah to Egypt. Why? because he had prophesied that my son would come out of Egypt. Here's what I've noticed about God. God is committed to his word. He watches over his word to fulfill it. So as you get more committed to his word, it's almost like he starts watching over you. Hear hear this again, this is so important. God is watching over his word to fulfill it. So if I'll align myself with his word, he starts watching over me to fulfill the plans that he has put in my heart that line up with him. You can seek your plans all you want, and that's good. But when God begins to divinely bother your life, you're heading down the wrong track, can you say, yes, Lord? And it is hard sometimes. And if you're going to run with the wise, don't be surprised if there isn't a big crowd around you. Are you with me, church? Come on. Sends Mary and Joseph to Egypt. Divinely bothers them. And now they live there for a couple of years and now life's just practical. Someone say practical. 95% of the will of God is practical. Get up, go to school, do your job, be a parent, be a mom, be a dad single, I don't know, whatever stage of life, um, 95% of the will of God is practical, but allow in the 5% for God to bother you. I remember uh, a roommate of mine, he was a great guy, spiritual guy, pray a lot, comes up to me, he's like, Anthony, God told me to stay home from work today. And he didn't go to work. He's like, I just prayed all day. In the back of my head, I was like, I'm not sure that's God. Do that on your day off. Don't make it harder for your manager who's looking for someone else. He's like, well, this spiritual guy's not coming. I was doing my devotional. That's why I'm late to my job. That's not going to cut it. Are you with me? Trying to help some people be spiritual but practical. Right? Allow for God's divine bother, but be wise at the same time. Four years ago or so, I was at a worship service, and, and I promise you, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. He said, I want you to write a book for men to help them win in life. 
That's the, that's the divine bother. Guess what? The Lord didn't write it. The next year, I just had to work hard, and it was hard. I was like, man, I got to do this thing again? I got to make it sound good? It's going to be ordered? My wife looked at a couple of things. She edited some, and she's like, babe, this is not good. I had someone help me with it, gave some feedback. I was like, I don't want feedback, but I want feedback. Are you with me? Someone say, work your work. Come on, say, work your work. Let's keep on reading. All of a sudden, there is this fourth dream. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up. Take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph, what did he do? He got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son, Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. Someone say afraid. I thought when I followed Jesus, I'd just be at peace all the time. No. Keep following the Prince of Peace and eventually he'll get you there. He is afraid. Then after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. And this fulfilled what the prophet had said. He will be called a Nazarene. The dream confirmed what Joseph was already feeling on the inside. Let me say that again. The dream Confirm what Joseph was already feeling on the inside, already feeling scared, already feeling afraid. How do, I, how do you know the voice of God? Pastor Steve was in the 9, uh, nine o'clock service and, and recently he'd, he'd been praying about and thinking about, passionate about, gifted in, starting his own business. And I went to a conference maybe nine months ago, 10 months ago, and I walked away from the conference and for some reason in my heart, I, I just had this bothering that, that I wanted to encourage Pastor Steve. And I was like, man, I think you can be an entrepreneur. I think you can start your own business. I come back, have a coffee with him. I'm like, hey man, I think you should start your own business. He looks at me and literally says, I'm about to cry. Why did he say that? He said, because I've been thinking about it and praying about it. I feel like the Lord's been stirring me to do it. And I just came along as an encouraging voice. What he was already feeling, what he was already gifted in, what he was already passionate about. Hear that? What he's gifted in, praying about, passionate in. Often, the Word of God comes alongside you and just confirms what's already in your heart. Does that make sense? The untold story of Christmas is that when God comes, sometimes He disturbs things. You've got this nice Pinterest-looking house. You've got your lights on. But behind the doors, there's fighting. There's peace or lack of peace. There's bickering, and God doesn't want the front door of your house looking good while the back door is a disaster. He wants the front to match the back, but sometimes He's got to show up to your house and say, take off the, the, the facade and fix the, the basement and the attic and the kitchen of your life, and He'll divinely bother you. I know some of the guys in our church, they had to quit businesses because the businesses were shady. God didn't want to just have the money and look good and have a nice house, a nice car. He says, no, I want people of character 
and I'll divinely bother you, but now they're more blessed than they were before. But they had to get bothered. Does that make sense? One of the guys in our church, he got divinely bothered to get on a, a, a school board committee because he felt like, man, I'm meant to make a voice for the things of God, but you get divinely bothered and God bothers you and speaks to you and, and doesn't almost let you alone. Sometimes you don't have peace because he's trying to get your attention. Sometimes you have no purpose or lack of purpose or just a frustration because there's something more he has for your life. And he will divinely bother you. One of the untold stories I think of Christmas is this, is that there is good and evil, but then there's this apathetic middle. And one of the challenges for the Christian is we can sit in the apathetic middle. We can sit there and be cute and comfortable and praise the Lord. Oh, Jesus, that's awesome. We can feel it in a moment of worship, but he's been bothering you for a while. And here's a funny thing. Sometimes he bothers you. And if you keep dismissing his voice, eventually he stops speaking to you for a while. Someone say for a while. He doesn't, he'll leave you alone because he just knows you're not listening. But then all of a sudden, peace starts going. Joy starts going. Why am I frustrated? Why am I angry? Why, why am I not happy all the time? I should be happy. I'm blessed. I, I asked for the job. I, I, I got promoted in the thing. And it's like, yeah, but the Lord's trying to get your attention somewhere else. And for six months, you're not happy. You should be happy, but you're not happy because he's divinely bothering you. Can I get a good amen? When the Lord bothers you, thank God he does when the Lord starts to bother your life thank God he bothers you the maker of heaven and earth is deciding to bother you think about that the one who made everything is tapping on your shoulder don't just dismiss him don't just say oh Lord leave me alone think of the people that came to worship Jesus But think of the people that missed out on Jesus. You know, the the innkeeper said, we got no room. Imagine what a financial miss that was. Just practically speaking, you could have said your inn had baby Jesus. And for thousands of years, everyone's showing up to your inn. This is where Jesus slept. And you charge all kinds of money. But guess what? You were too busy. Let me say this, church, you know, the vehicle of love is generosity, it's hospitality, and serving. During this Christmas season, how many know we should be full of generosity, hospitality, serving? They're the vehicle of God that expresses love. Hey, you don't need to be, you don't need to hear an angel, hear God's voice to be hospitable to someone in this season who doesn't have anywhere to stay. I know we often have people that perhaps sometimes in perfect circumstances wouldn't even come to our house on Christmas, but we invite them because we know there's different things going on in their life and we just, we don't need angel appearances to tell us that. Let me tell you this, when it comes to giving Christmas away, you don't need an angel to tell you to give to it. Have you been a Christian longer than five years? Anyone? If you're not on a serving team, this is your angel. 
You don't need an angel. In fact, you would need an angel to tell you to stop. Come on, I'm stirring some things here. Oh, I don't like that. That's my job sometimes to make you not like it. But to be the sandpaper that helps you change and grow. Praise God. Some say little things. Some say big things. Many of you in years to come, I pray, I pray our whole church goes on a mission trip. Right? I pray our whole church goes. Because you go on a mission trip and realize how blessed you are. You're literally like, oh, I didn't realize I was a baller. <laughs> you thought you were poor and you went over somewhere else overseas. You're like, ah, I'm like Bill Gates. And you come away divinely, but in such a positive way, bothered that you can go and make a difference in small places. But let me just say this as I close today. Don't think that a mission trip is the most spiritual thing to do. Lead your family. Work your job. Someone said to me years ago, Pastor Anthony, we need more missions in our church. And he was right. But I said, every Sunday is Mission Sunday. Like when you invite someone to church and they don't know Jesus yet, that's the mission. So we can be on mission every Sunday, but guess what? Every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, as long as we take Jesus with us, we are on mission. So never think one day I'll do missions. No, our church is always on mission. We've been on mission for ever since we started and we'll never stop. This Christmas season is an incredible invitation or an amazing opportunity for many of you to invite people to church, perhaps who have not been a long time and, and just got out of the way and, and, and maybe grew up in God or didn't grow up in God, but just for some reason Christmas time is like an easy one to invite over your house or to a transform group or to a Sunday, like it's just one of those moments. And guess what? They're the mission. And sometimes you have people who've been Christians a long time and they'll come to some of these services and they go, Pastor, I need something deep. I'm like, the deepest thing we can do is be an inviting church. Ah, oh, you didn't get that. <laughs> Praise God. Come on, close your eyes. Father, I thank you for every person watching online. I thank you for every child in our kids' space right now. I thank you for every man every woman in every seat and right now Holy Spirit I pray across our church that you would divinely bother some people God you know how where when what situation you need to speak to them about I pray there be reminders this week and this month of perhaps things that you placed in them many many years ago that they could start to use for your glory and your name. I pray that our church would be so hospitable and generous during this season. And we would take that. We wouldn't take for granted the little moments to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Move across this place, Jesus. While eyes are closed and 
Our heads are bowed all across this place. Joseph had a dream and in that dream, God said to him, you will call him Jesus and he will save his people from their sins. Why did Jesus come? Not to condemn the world, not to make you feel bad about your actions. No, he came to save you, to forgive you, to cleanse you, to love you, to restore the relationship. Like Kevin in Home Alone, he thought he was amazing by himself, but it wasn't until he had a heart condition change that all of a sudden his family was reconciled to him and then he recognized how valuable it was I want to let you know today that God made you God loves you but sin does separate and without God in our lives there's an enemy who comes to steal kill and destroy but Jesus came to defeat the enemy Jesus came to defeat sin Jesus came to defeat death itself so in a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to ask our entire church family to pray it together. And this moment is for two distinct people. We're going to pray it, but it's for two distinct people. Number one, you've never said yes to Christ. We want to pray with you and for you. And if, if, if you know that God is knocking on the door of your heart, if you want to respond to Him and turn your life to Him, man, that's going to be your moment. But two today... Maybe at one time you knew God, but you've ran away, fell away, slipped away. However it is, you're away. We're going to pray a prayer and let that prayer, let that faith moment, let that confession moment be a moment where you surrender afresh and anew to Jesus. So all across this place. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you die for me. I ask you, forgive my sin, my mistakes, my failures. I confess today, I need you. Be the boss, be my friend, be my king. I turn to you in simple faith. From this day on, help me follow you. With eyes closed all across this place, those in the overflow, the eyes closed, no one moving around in these moments. Would you quickly raise your hand, raise up high if you met business with God today? Either of those two people, come on all across this place, raise your hand, raise your hand high. Thank you, ma'am, thank you, ma'am. Hands going up in the back. Hands going up, thank you, ma'am, thank you, ma'am, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir, in the back there. That's awesome today. Thank you. There's a couple of others. Thank you. Those watching online, those in the overflow today, thank you. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Father, you see every hand. You see every heart. Importantly, Lord, in the name of Jesus, bless them. Divinely bother some people who so need it. Speak to us where we need it. Give us wisdom and family and relationships and everything that we do. And God, pour out your grace upon this season help us walk in your favor help us be loved wherever we go God I thank you in advance in Jesus name come on church alive can we put our hands together for those who raised their hand said yes to Jesus come on let's really give them a hand come on praise God praise God